0: If you would like to help support my ministry and get access to a bunch of awesome benefits, become a patron or join Subscribestar. If you want daily notes slash summaries of St. Thomas's works, sign up for the Annotated Thomas. If you need more personalized help reading the Summa, I'm available for one-on-one sessions. St. Thomas was a master of understanding limitations. He understood his limitations when it came to the powers of his intellect and stopped accordingly. In his work De Rationibus Fide, he lays out the limitations of the apologetic task with sublime simplicity and prudence. He begins by extolling the glories of the faith. By the faith we are to understand those objects of divine revelation that we are to believe in order to be saved. For it is by this faith that blessed Peter the Apostle received a promise from the Lord. Further, this faith is so strong that it holds out inviolate against these gates of hell. It is from this point of view that we are to approach defending the faith. It is something with a sure strength that we can trust will not be the slightest impugned by all the forces of hell. It is something that will easily break to pieces all things placed against it, as our Lord does. So also will the faith break to pieces all falsehood. In this hope, we can be safe against any attacks or ridicules of unbelievers against our faith. St. Thomas then demarcates those things in which Christian faith and hope principally consist. The Christian faith principally consists in acknowledging the Holy Trinity and specially glories in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christian hope consists of two things, first in grace and second in glory. This is where we are to focus our defense of the faith. Third, in the second chapter of the work, he gives us a guide on how to argue with unbelievers. First, he gives his thesis, that is, in disputations with unbelievers about the articles of the faith. You should not try to prove the faith by necessary reasons. By articles of the faith, he is speaking of those things which are not only accessible by special revelation, which are only accessible by special revelation. For example, the Trinity, the Incarnation, and the like. By necessary reasons, he is not saying that we shouldn't show probable reasons for certain things. For example, the incarnation is fitting in order to bring us closer to God. Rather, he is saying that we should not overplay our hand by saying that these arguments prove the truth definitively. Rather, these merely show the fittingness of the articles of faith. Then he gives a reason for the thesis. Quote, this would belittle the sublimity of the faith, whose truth exceeds not only human minds, but also those of angels. We believe in them only because they are revealed by God. End quote. In this, there are three parts. The third is the most important for our current context. First, he proves it from the sublimity of faith. In Catholic theology, we distinguish between that which is natural and that which is supernatural. That is, above all created nature, actual and possible. Now, such things as the hypostatic union, the beatific vision, sanctifying grace and the like are strictly supernatural. Thus, to have them as necessary conclusions based on natural premises would be to belittle supernatural truths to the level of natural truths. For it is a fundamental principle of logic that the conclusion is contained in the premises. Now, a supernatural conclusion cannot be contained in natural premises. Thus, making such an argument would imply that it is not supernatural, but natural. Second, he proves it from the littleness of our minds. For our minds know things through sense perception and discursive reasoning. Now, the latter has already been shown to be impotent in discovering this mystery. Further, the former would be equally laughable. Third, he proves it from the nature of faith. This is the most prophetic to our context. We are in a context where most cannot distinguish between being convinced that it is raining outside and being convinced of the truths of the faith. For faith is the supernatural assent of the mind to the articles of the faith for the very fact that God revealed them. Being convinced of the historical truth of the gospel is not faith. Being convinced of the existence of God is not faith. Faith is not something which can be conjured up by any human efforts. Rather, it is strictly an infused habit. Arguments for faith serve not to bring about faith, but to remove certain impediments. Then he gives a corollary, quote, Yet whatever come from the supreme truth cannot be false, and what is not false cannot be repudiated by any natural necessary reason. Just as our faith cannot be proved by necessary reasons, because it exceeds the human mind, so because of its truth, it cannot be refuted by any necessary reasons. End quotes. He then draws the opposing conclusion. That is, as a supernatural truth, it cannot be disproved by natural reason. For to disprove something is to show some contradiction with a necessarily established truth. Now, necessarily established truths are are discerned by reason. Thus, due to the limitations of our minds, as outlined above, those necessarily established truths are natural. Now, what is supernatural is not virtually contained in what is natural, as outlined above. Thus, not only does what is supernatural not suffer necessary demonstration, so also does it not suffer necessary refutation. Lastly, St. Thomas draws the practical conclusion. Quote, so any Christian disputing about the articles of the faith should not try to prove the faith, but defend the faith so that reason can show that what the Catholic faith holds is not false, end quote. In our apologetics, rather than giving positive, necessary, demonstrative proofs for the faith, rather we declare the truth of the faith and defend it from all arguments against it.